1: All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, one of the things, one of the most important things that's going on in today's world, um, aside from the Israeli elections, we can talk about that a little bit too, but the main, the main thrust of today's show is talking about the trial that's going on, the Boston Marathon bombing trial. Uh Zokhar is on trial, it's in the midst of the trial. And um there is no question, of course, he's not he and his attorneys are not questioning the fact that he'd done it. <laughs> They're just questioning um the, you know, the seriousness of it and whether or not he should get the death penalty. And my guest Is someone? If if the FBI had listened to my guest today, the Boston Marathon bombing might never have happened. In fact, it's unlikely that it would have happened. Um, Dr. Charles Jacobs is the president of Americans for Peace and Tolerance, and he, in fact, warned the FBI about um, the the potential for the Marathon bombers um, to to occur. And, um, you know, we're going to be talking today about the trial and about the brothers and so on and the Boston Marathon, but this is really a window um, to talking about what is going on as we speak. As right now, as you're listening to this show and as I'm talking, and my guests will be talking, there is radicalization going on in mosques all over America. Forget about the uh, Mid- East for, for right now, um, even just in America, the, the little Sarnayev brothers are being cloned um, all over America. And that, uh, you know, points out why this problem is even is more important or what the results are of this trial and, and the discussions going on uh, while the trial is going on is even more important than just the trial and the fate of this Sarnayev brother himself. Um, so welcome to the show, Dr. Jacobs. Thank you for having me, Carol. Why don't we, um, before we get into all of that, I, I, I'm actually interested, and I'm sure my listeners are interested, in who you are, <laughs> just who you think you are, and, um, and what the Americans for Peace and Tolerance is, and how, what you were doing before you became the president, and, and what got you uh, so interested in, in founding this organization. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, well, I'm, I'm most known for my work um, in, the, in the world of uh, anti-slavery and abolitionism. I was huh. uh, actually given an award by um, <coughs> Coretta Scott King, Martin Luther King's widow, and um, former mayor of Boston, Thomas Menino, for helping redeem slaves in Africa, in Sudan. I know many of us now are watching with horror uh, what's happening in Nigeria with Boko Haram, yes. who... Um, and all we can do is kind of gussy up a hashtag, um, silly momentary movement uh, that doesn't really accomplish anything. But 15 or 20 years ago, I actually broke the story in the New York Times of um, Arab uh, raiders who were uh, from the north of Sudan. Um, who And we didn't actually know then that it was a jihad. We just thought it was a civil war. I later learned much more about this. Um, <clears throat> who, who declared war on the South, which was Christian. And um, Arab militias armed by Khartoum, uh, Sudan is Africa's largest nation, would storm Christian African villages, shoot the men and capture the women and children, and haul them off north and sell them for $20 or $30. And um, I found this out, and I wrote about it in the New York Times, and um, we began a movement called the American Anti-Slavery Movement, and um we actually it's a very long story maybe at another time but we actually were buying slaves back huh. uh from people and and putting them on college campuses and uh letting people know um so that's that's a big thing that I did in the past
2: huh that's really interesting and and little did did, did even you know that this was going to turn into uh what it is today.
0: Little did I know. I, You know, had I known then what I know now, uh, things would have been a little different,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, maybe. So um, then I was um, very concerned about the rise in global anti-Semitism, which is different now than it used to be. Um, I know that uh, it used to be that people who hated Jews um, were either Nazis or... Uh, old-fashioned Christian anti-Semites, um, Jews killed Jesus, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. skinheads, thugs. And, and when the Jews had that as an enemy, um, that pattern, they, uh, in America, after World War II anyway, they did okay because they knew how to defend themselves against this, and they knew what it was all about. But that suddenly shifted, um, and uh, you know, people in the West, mostly, who don't like Jews... Don't think of those reasons. They think now that the Jews have the worst state in the world and commit the biggest. Israel commits the biggest human rights violations in the world, which is all, of course, not true. Um, so there's kind of a left-wing um, and Muslim alliance against uh, Israel and the Jews, mm-hmm. which, which the Jews didn't get. They don't. They not They haven't still understood that. And I was very worried about that, and I started a group called the David Project, which taught Jewish kids in high school how to defend, how to make Israel's case on the college campus. Huh. So those are two things that I did, and then
2: uh, is that still going on?
0: That is still going on in some in some regard. Yes, it is. Well, uh-huh. they're now that now the entire Jewish world, I mean, it took the New York Times twenty years to put it on the front page, but they did last week about anti-Semitism on the campuses. And now, uh, many, many more people are understanding um, that that there are brown shirts on the college campuses. There are, there are groups that are funded by um, Arab Muslim radicals and the left, uh, who are, you know, uh, intimidating, sometimes physically uh, Jewish students on campus, that uh, professors on the campuses are, as most people know, all to the left and use their podia to indoctrinate people against Israel, but also America as well. Um, so this is a huge problem in the Jewish community that, the unfortunately, it's taken a while for the Jewish leadership to kind of wake up, and some of us in the beginning of this, uh, way back when we first saw it, uh, began to uh, try to ring an alarm bell. So we made films about Columbia University, for example, uh, interviewing students, etc., so, then, yes,
2: you know, it, it, it's a, it is an astounding problem. I mean, I think it did catch a lot of people by surprise. I mean, I, there was something recently at UCLA right. um, that was uh, a whole, something to do with the elections. Um, yes, yeah. the
0: girl, a Jewish girl um, was said uh, not to be qualified to be in the student government because she was Jewish. Um, yes but this is this is kind of like the tip of the iceberg i mean you know on on many many college campuses um the left and the muslims see now this is another psychological thing whoever would have thought there could be a left muslim alliance right the guys who love uh, bikinis and the guys who love burkas i mean how did that work <laughs>
2: um
0: and there's a reason for that but that but people didn't understand it but um, all over the campuses now, Israel is uh, portrayed as the cruelest among nations, while at the same time, of course, they ignore Arab slaving of blacks, uh, the beheading of Christians, the crucifying of Christians, you know, clitorectomies. I mean, so all of, and, and my theory, I'm writing a book about this, my theory, which I call the human rights complex, is that Western liberals are mostly decent white people who, when they see evil done by people like themselves, or when they think they see evil done by people like themselves, like South African apartheid or the Israelis now are white people all of a sudden, um, they clop their chests and they say, not in my name, right? But when they see evil done by non-Westerners, they're absolutely flummoxed and silenced. And this is a horrific sin because it allows, it leaves, it abandons the people who are in most need of human rights care and championing uh to to i mean where where the hell are the feminists with what's going on mm-hmm. the, uh, yes, and,
2: yes. and
0: and and where and by the way where are the uh, where are the human rights groups when it comes to enslavement of black people mass murder of blacks in sudan they they're quiet because they have the wrong unfortunately the victims have the wrong oppressor if they were white oppressors white enslavers Amnesty International would shut down Wall Street,
2: mm, mm. right?
0: But this is sci- this is a sci- this is a psychological, political problem of, of Western liberalism.
2: hmm hmm Yes, actually, you, um, I, I watched a video of you talking about, um, um well, let's see, where, there was something about uh, political correctness is our suicide bomb. Right. Um, and yes, I, I totally, totally agree with that. I've I've talked about that um, before on the show, not exactly in those words, but that's exactly right. We, you know, we're creating our own um, suicide. Our, it's, uh, we're making our own suicide bomb um, by continuing to persist in this outrage, more and more outrageous political correctness. Hello, and you Max? know what
0: we really need to do is to psychoanalyze uh, Western culture and society because this is. A deep flaw. Um, some people have written great uh, things about this. About the, the West, no longer likes itself. We mm-hmm. don't value. We think we live on undeserved wealth. Uh, we think that we've done the worst things in the world, and uh, we don't. We think we don't deserve what we have, and so therefore, um, who are we to criticize uh, the other?
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so, so this is a sin, because, as I said, because all of those women in the Middle East, you know, in Arab regimes, all of those blacks, all the gays, who, I mean, where in the world is the gay yes. right movement against what's happening to gays uh, under Islam? Yes.
2: It's astonishing, right? I think there's also some intimidation involved because, um, like, gay organizations or feminists, you know, aren't used to... Um, speaking out against such a force. I mean it's it's easier in a way to to feel more powerful or less frightened of speaking out against um all the general, you know, uh, Americans, uh, fellow Americans. Um but true. but true. you know I, mean, I think the guy
0: who whistles at you going down, you know, by the construction site, you know, the the you can right. scream at him, he's not going to come and beat you up.
2: Right, but, right. Yeah. Uh-huh, yes. I mean, I think that's part of the problem. Everybody feeling so intimidated, you would think that they would be speaking out or you would have hoped that they would have been speaking out. So, okay, so then do we come to your founding this Americans for Peace and Tolerance? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so um, about eight years ago, um, uh, friends and I decided that the, there were two ideological threats to the West, to the west. Um, and these are le- radical leftism and radical Islam.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we began to uh, expose those things where we saw them. And in Boston, um, we were shocked to find that the Saudis were going to build the largest mosque on the eastern seaboard in Boston. And... Um, and that the people who were going to be in control of that mosque were Muslim Brotherhood people. Um, a man who uh, there's a man named Yusuf Karadawi, who's quite famous. He's the spiritual head of the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, he was going to be a trustee of that mosque. Your listeners could go three clicks away on the laptop, Google him and have, and, and, and see him um, preaching about uh, women. Uh, about um, how to kill gays there, he, he has a discourse about uh, the, there 's a, there's a conflict in the teo- in Islamic law whether you throw them off the roof or whether you stone them. Isis does both first, you could see videos, they throw them off the roof and then they stone them. Mm. Um, this man you could see um uh, inciting throngs of people in Cairo to kill every Jew on the planet. So we were a little concerned <laughs> that he was going to have a base in, in, in Boston.
2: Where you are. That's where right. I am. Yes.
0: The cradle of liberty. Yes. And um, we knew that the, the founder of the Islamic Society of Boston, the little mosque that it had in Cambridge, um, which was, and, the, and so they were going to do an expansion mosque with Saudi money in Boston, the founder of the Cambridge Mosque is the poster boy. For uh, deception. His name was Alamudi. And uh, Abdul Rahman Alamudi was a man that both the Clinton White House and the Bush White House had invited in and accepted as precisely the kind of person that uh, would build bridges between our two cultures. And then it turned out that he was an al Qaeda operative. So here you had uh, this little mosque in Cambridge, not far from Harvard, not far from MIT, set up in the 80s. By Al- and now they're going to have an expansion mosque in, in Boston the largest mosque on the eastern seaboard with Saudi money um, and so we started to write about this and we got sued and we got sued by the mosque for defamation <laughs> and, um, and they sue people it's called lawfare N- not that they're going to win because nothing we ever said was wrong but the legal cost of defending yourself
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, are enormous. Just, I mean, you know, you, everybody thinks, well, they know a lawyer who charges $300 an hour. Well, there are some who charge $900 an mm-hmm. Hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, So that's the reason that they sued and also because it, once it's a suit, uh, judges don't like to hear their cases tried in the newspapers so you can't really talk about what you're afraid of in the press easily. So 20 years after, or 30 years after this guy, Alamudi, sets his little Cambridge mosque up, now there are 12 people connected to the Islamic Society of Boston who are either in jail, awaiting trial, fugitives from justice, or killed, like Tarnayev's brother, all for doing jihadi activities. And um, we took out a full-page ad a couple of weeks ago in the Washington Times with the 12 people, their faces. We had a guy who now, these are people who were born, some of them were born and were raised in, in Boston, in America, and uh, they become jihadists. Uh, Lady Al-Qaeda was, a, Afia Siddiqui, very famous woman, Lady Al-Qaeda, MIT student, radicalized, arrested, in jail now for plotting To do a chemical attack with Ebola in New York City.
2: Mm.
0: Um, I mean, I could I could run down several more.
2: Well, well, actually, we need to take a break, but I would like to uh, go back to that when you that that must how how recently was that that
0: Uh, just a few years ago?
2: Huh. I mean, so that's interesting. Ebola even before we all became panicky about
0: it. That's right. That's
2: right. Yeah. All right. Well, we do need to take a break, my guest. Is Dr. Charles Jacob? He's the president of Americans for Peace and Tolerance, and we will hear when we come back about how he tried to warn the FBI about the Marathon bombers. Actually, he did warn them. It's the FBI that didn't listen. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With my guest, Dr. Charles Jacobs, he's the president of Americans for Peace and Tolerance. Um, He is the man who tried to warn the FBI about the um, likelihood of the Boston Marathon bombing. Which took place on April fifteenth, twenty thirteen. Uh, he warned them in two thousand and nine, May first, two thousand and nine. He gave a briefing to the FBI. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but just to remind you, April fifteenth, twenty thirteen. Two pressure cooker bombs exploded near the finish line um, of the Boston Marathon, injuring, killing three people and injuring approximately two hundred and sixty four others. Um, Zokhar Sinaev, um is currently on trial. His brother Tamerlan um, died in the ensuing chase and conflicts that went on after that. Um, so, so Dr. Jacobs, tell us about what. What is your? I mean, I'm sure you've been following. <laughs> you've been following uh, this trial um, in detail. I'm sure. Uh, what do you think so, about it so far?
0: Uh, well. Um, it's terrible. I mean, you know, we're not allowed to be in the courtroom, but the reporters, the reporting, especially in the Boston Herald, is so um, heart-wrenching to, you know, the the victims, the survivors talk about their dead children, and uh, it's just, I could cry telling you. Um, So it's just awful. I think, um, I think what we have to understand uh, about violence and jihad and Islamic terror is that there are, the, the Muslim Brotherhood is here in America um, in order to radicalize the historically moderate Muslim population in America. So, if you look at pew polls and opinion polls uh, of, of Muslims in America, you'll find that the last generation, the older generations, were much more mild in all of their thoughts and their behaviors. And, you know, how many of them uh, supported suicide bombings? Very few. How many of them, you know, hated Jews and Christians? Not so many. And now it's changing. It's really changing. And the change is that the Muslim Brotherhood has come here, um, n- and now plus the Internet, but the Muslim Brotherhood has come here, and they've got a big plan, and the FBI has caught that plan from the very famous uh, Holy Land Foundation trial, that they're going to ruin our inf- uh, our civilization from within. That's mm-hmm. what they're going to do, and mm-hmm. that's how they're going to do it. So um, I believe, and most of the people in, in, in the work that I do believe, that the Muslim brotherhood doesn 't want things to happen like the bombing in in, um, in Boston they didn 't mm. want that to happen um, and here 's their problem: they teach, and by the way, we found the curriculum we found the radicalizing three year curriculum that they use um, we 're writing about it as we speak it 'll be up on Breitbart in a couple of days. Mm. Um, where they, where they take the kids and, you know, the first year is kind of like prayer and how you wash your face and how many times you pray to God. And, and the second year is a little bit, you know, relationships. And the third year, they bring in the foundational texts of uh, modernist jihadi literature from Kutub and Albana and, and that. And these are all kind of secret meetings, and um, uh, very, just people are selected to be in these classes, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But, what they're telling the, the, the kids is, we're going to take over, we're going to eventually have Sharia law, we're going to eventually have a caliphate, even in America, but we're not going to do it through violence, we're going to do it through dawah, or proselytizing, and, can, you know, and pressure, and all that. And, and if it gets to the, if it ever does get to the point of violence, it's certainly not now. Well, the problem is that when you're talking to teenagers, not now doesn't work a lot, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't work with drugs, with sex, with... Right. So, and especially when they can see other people doing it now... Yes. ...and getting all the glory. Yes. You know, they're getting all the glory. And w- which, by the way, is the opposite of what the president uh, is telling us, that these people are kind of like criminals. They're not, they're not, they're not robbing jewelry stores. They, these are people who are motivated to make the world a different place, it's to, to, to participate in a glorified movement that is shaking the foundations of Western civilization, which is corrupt and rotten, um, and to replace it with something pure and holy and from Allah and, and to establish Sharia law. I mean, it's an ideal... They're, they're crackpot idealists, right? And if you don't understand that, and if you don't understand... That that it's the ideology behind this that's important to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, our FBI, and this is one of the reasons they didn't get it, is being told from on top. This comes from the White House.
2: Mm-hmm. They are
0: not supposed to link the 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 crimes, uh, the acts of the perpetrators, with the ideological motivation that drives them to do it.
2: Mm.
0: That you know now that's remember that's the opposite of how we defeated communism. We had all our smart guys reading Karl Marx and Trotsky and Lenin, right? And we had all, and Nazism. We had all our smart guys reading Goebbels and, and Hitler, and all, so that we could We can get into the mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. of the enemy because, after all, these are all ideological battles. They're not. I mean, military at the end of it. Um, so these. And, and so the FBI is told, you can't do that. Don't read Khatoub. Don't read Albana, Don't read Karadawi. Because mm. then you're an Islamophobe. Then mm. you're a racist. Mm. This is exactly the opposite. So anyway, back to Boston. Um,
2: and, and just these, let me say, the way that you got your hands on uh, this curriculum, I presume, is when uh, they sued you, when the mosque mm-hmm. sued you, and... You were able to get uh, Discovery and got all kinds of boxes of their literature and so on. Well, we have 51 boxes of
0: uh, you know. They said, I don't know if you uh, if people understand about lawsuits. So if somebody says you defamed me, okay. So what's the damage? Well, I can't raise money anymore because you defamed me. So I can say, okay, let me see your bank books, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so right, we and we have a lot of their internal emails. Um, 50 boxes, and we're about actually to put them all online so that sleuths and you know researchers and mm-hmm. police can see them. Mm-hmm. Um, the curriculum we got uh, a little differently. I have mm-hmm. the best researcher in the world, Ilya Feoktistov, and 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 I got to tell you, Carol, if you did anything bad during the digital age, you got to be nice to him because he was find <laughs> out.
2: And
0: and he and he got this. He just got it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We briefed. So what they're doing is they're, they're planting a bomb in the heart of these children. That's what they're doing. They're, they're telling them, uh, don't do it now, but you know, it, if we have to do it, it's, it's certainly pure and sacred. And you'll be a
2: virtuous person. If you... And you'll get your 72 virgins.
0: And you, you'll get your 72 virgins. And it's the opposite of what a crook does. A crook feels can be made to feel guilty. He doesn't feel great about doing it, mostly, right? Mm -hmm. He knows he did a bad thing. These guys
2: think they did a wonderful thing. So So, talk about the Sarnia brothers. What do you think, uh, in terms of the curriculum, or in terms of how they were radicalized? Well,
0: we don't really know. We really don't know. What we do know, I mean, we we know... uh, I'll get to that in a second. What we do know is that they're swirling around in a nest of people that the FBI knew about. We briefed the fbi i have the powerpoint that we use to brief them i know exactly what we told them and it went nowhere it seems because at a congressional hearing um when the fbi head was being uh was being questioned uh by L- louis gohmert the, the republican from uh, texas um the representative gohmert said to him Wait a minute. You you didn't know that the mosque that the bombers went to was founded by Alamudi, the Al Qaeda operative? And and Mueller didn't want to answer the question. He forced him to answer the question and he and he finally admitted he we didn't know. Well, they did know. I mean, we told them. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So yes, don't I know saw exactly. that he tried to wiggle out of answering, to, and then and then finally he had to answer. But but then he lied. I mean I mean I you know what well, he maybe forgot he or know. I maybe mean, he, you know, he know, doesn't remember. His
0: agency, yeah, his agency knew. I know that, and mm-hmm. I can prove that because I have the, the PowerPoint. But mm-hmm. so we don't know exactly what's happening with the Tsarnaevs uh, Did they go back when they went to uh, Russia, Chechnya? Did they go back, Dagestan, Dagestan, and, and meet with people there? Did they uh, get it from the Internet? Were they... But they weren't, in a way, this, this business about lone wolves uh, is, is, is very uh, confusing and tricky. These people belong to a society in which these thoughts are expressed. And, um, you know, sometimes you catch them on the Internet talking to each other. It would be like you had a wire uh, on the mafia talking about the next hit. Uh, or, or should we do a hit, or wouldn't it be great to do a hit? So it's not known uh, exactly how the Tsarnaev brothers were radicalized.
2: Well, you know, okay, but except for the fact that they attended that mosque where there was all this radicalization going on.
0: Yes, we know that.
2: And, know that. And, but, but
0: again, I have to say, my, my own belief is that nobody who belongs in senior leadership in that mosque, which is the Muslim Brotherhood, um, would have told them that we need a bomb in the, in the, in the Boston uh-huh. Because they were hurt by this, I believe. And they're too smart to have done it that way. Hurt
2: by, by this in terms of PR. That, well, hurt um, by this in
0: terms of PR and in terms of now, you know, even... Um, After years of trying to get the major Boston newspapers to talk about our stories and our data, I mean, we sat with the... The Boston Globe is the the paper of record in this city. We sat with a group of eight or six, the spotlight team, senior editors. They're supposed to break all these stories. We showed them the PowerPoint that we showed the FBI. We showed them sermons by people who were invited to these mosques that were full of hatred for Christians and Jews and gays and women. This mosque had on its website, How to Beat Your Wife. I'll send you this as a present. How to Beat Your Wife. We can psychoanalyze this. Mm -hmm. Um, They took it off their website. We have it. Um, And the Globe won't, they won't publish it. They won't do it. Because in their mind, here's the the politically correct suicide belt, right? Mm -hmm. In their mind, um, the Muslim immigrant population here must be treated like an oppressed, marginalized, impoverished group needing our sympathy. And anything that you publish about this will, since the American people are so stupid, uh, will make every American hate every Muslim he sees on the street. Mm-hmm, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they think. Mm-hmm. You know? So we'd rather kill ourselves than have anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know... Um... I actually uh, was quoted as talking about how, before the trial started, as talking about how, well, because one of the things I do is I'm a psychiatric expert witness, so I do (laughs) know something about trials. And so I was quoted talking about how um, the strategy of the defense attorneys for uh, Zokar would most likely be to blame uh, his brother, his older brother. And, um, you know, there, I think there is some truth to that, actually, but not enough necessarily to, to get them off in any way. But, um, but what I think is really interesting is how this older brother, in addition to the radicalization that you've been talking about, um, I, and I, what I think is a problem with a lot of people who become, you know, lone wolves or become, I know you said, I mean, it's not a lone wolf in the sense that they're immersed in that culture, I get it, but... Um, but, I mean, people who strike out on their own, let's say, to do some kind of an act of violence like this. Um, you know, it, it, when you look at his life, at at uh, um, Tamerlan Zarnoyev's life beforehand, um, he, you know, it's it's been said, of course, that he never really fit in. He said he didn't understand American culture. Um, he had some disappointments. He wanted to join the... Um, The Olympics um, wrestling team was the wrestling or boxing, boxing, boxing. boxing. Um, and so he and he didn't make it, and um, and so on, Um, and and so what I what I believe in all of this is that a lot lot of times the people who come over here first, you know, who have been in America for a while, um, do have some. Problems do have some disappointments. Don't make it getting the American dream um, in one way or another. Get rejected, you know, maybe where they feel it's because of their of their background, um, and and take this anger that they have of, of feeling unaccepted by Americans, and then of course they're in this soup of of mosques like in Boston, and it just is a is a an explosive combination.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's true. There's, I think there is a psychological aspect to it. That's right. These people are not just simply robots. They have their own, um, as you say, disappointments in life, and they learn to, and they're taught to, blame their failures on others, right? So you blame it on, um, on the Americans don't accept you, or Americans hate Muslims, or you, you, or you make it up, or you listen to it, or you blame—you certainly don't blame yourself— you blame your disappointments on uh, external things, and that gets mm-hmm. you angrier and, and more hateful. And that's true, and, it, and it's even more true in Europe, where there's objectively much less of a chance for non-Frenchmen to become French, right, than, mm-hmm. than here. I mean, here you can, and you do, and there are wonderful Muslims who, do, who want to assimilate, right? I know them, and they're the mm-hmm. ones who actually come and tell us stories about what's actually happening
2: Mm.
0: and these are people who have adjusted um and and in america you can and you know the 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 saddest part to me in all of this is that if there's ever going to be a place on the planet where islam can modernize it's here Mm. right this Mm -hmm. is the one place so it's a horrible thing that the, uh, the city fathers and the, uh, and the, and the progressive uh, clergy and the politicians don't yell at and scream at the radicals for doing this terrible thing to the moderates and don't cultivate the actual moderates because yeah. the moderates don't have power. It's a horrible sin. How in the world are we going to um, inculcate, help the moderates come up with ways to modernize the religion if we, if we accept these, these fraudulent uh, people as moderates who are not.
2: Yes, I mean, and even as you were saying at the beginning about al Moody who uh, made his way in with uh, Clinton and Bush, and I mean, if they're fooling these people at, at top levels, people who have researchers and, and, and the FBI and all these different um, organizations that could help them to find out the truth, and they're still being hoodwinked. Uh, like, talk about, for example, um, the mayor, you, you know, uh, the mayor of Boston, who gave the ground to the okay. people building the mosque um, for, um, you talk about how, you know, it was, the land was worth millions of dollars, and he gave it to them for a hundred, couple of hundred thousand or something. I mean, right. how, was it, he just or was, or was he paid off, or how did that happen? Um, okay. Um, I have
0: several theories. I'll tell you one. <laughs> so for any mayor in any city uh, in America, up until very recently, I think, um, if he's asked to help uh, a, a small Muslim community develop a mosque, he's going to say yes. He's going to say yes, because if he doesn't say yes, he'll be charged with Islamophobia, hatred, racism, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So that's what happened. I think that's what happened. And he did give the he gave city land away that was valued two million dollars or over two million dollars for less than for less than ten percent. Yeah. And that was awful. And of course, for me, the irony is that's the same man who gave me the Boston Freedom Award for freeing black slaves from jihadis.
2: Huh. Wow. Irony. All right, we need to take another break, unfortunately, but we will be back with more with my guest, Dr. Charles Jacobs. He's the president of Americans for Peace and Tolerance. He's in Boston. We're talking today about the Boston Marathon, and had the FBI only listened to him, it might not have happened. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times, www.drcarol.com. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes
0: mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org.
2: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With me today is the man who warned the FBI about the Marathon Bombers, Dr. Charles Jacobs. He's the president of Americans for Peace and Tolerance. And um, obviously, and and he lives in Boston. Obviously, very knowledgeable about this whole thing. You weren't, by any chance? I should have asked you. Were you, by any chance, near the site of the Boston Marathon when this happened?
0: No, I, I happen to have been in New York uh, visiting my brother, and it happened, and my wife uh, and I just i mean we we live uh not so far from where they were searching for uh for for joker uh-huh. and uh, my wife was terrified so
2: yes, in Watertown. Yeah. yeah um hmm wow, um talking about wives <laughs> that's one of the things that fascinates me. apparently, the wife of Tamerlin was well first of all you know <laughs> um I haven't really seen much of her lately, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know whether you know something about whether she's been um, involved in, I mean, I doubt she's, I don't know, is she going to be called as a witness, do you know?
0: No, I don't know. I really don't know.
2: I mean, that's kind of interesting, but, um, you know, you you kind of, how did a nice girl like this get married to a guy like that?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, one big—I mean, you're the psychiatrist, right? So one one big question is, how are Western women?
2: Oh, I am. I know the answer to that.
0: Well, and, I yeah. I mean, go, how go ahead. West- how,
2: sorry, for interrupting <laughs> You how do Western women go ahead?
0: How, how are Western women um, attracted to uh, to to radicalized Islam? I mean, how do they want to get rid of their? nice clothes and get burkas and how do they want to well they have... don't
2: really want to get rid of their nice clothes and get burkas but they do want a man now this is, uh, this, is uh, this is something that totally fascinates me um, and my first book actually was Bad Boys Why We Love Them How to Live With Them and When to Leave Them and I didn't have a chapter at that time there, you know, that was before 9-11 um, about terrorists but I can tell you that, um, women, there, you know, there is a huge problem, um, with women, especially women who don't have great self-esteem, um, finding boyfriends and husbands. And yeah. when a white woman or an American woman goes into a mosque or is on a college campus and is approached by, um, a man who, a Muslim who has ideas of, you know, perhaps, or is in the process of being radicalized or has, you know, future ideas, perhaps that, you know, even not at a fully formed state, Um, these women get a lot more attention from men like that than if they walk into a bar, (laughs) let's say. And... um, now, I I I actually plan on doing some research into. Uh, I've read some things, but I plan on doing more um, into the in terms of the wife of Tamerlane, but. You know, from all outward appearances, um, which, of course, you can't go by it, it all has to do with the girl's relationship, the woman's relationship with her father, as to what kind of a man, uh, what kind of a bad boy, or what kind of a man, you know, she will wind up with. Um, I'm not just talking about terrorists, I'm talking about in general, you know, um, and, And so, uh, so that's really where the roots of this whole thing start, and that's why the woman feels low self-esteem, and she feels like she's not lovable, and she feels like you know a man, um, uh, a man who she might want, a prince, um, a prince of a man, might not want her. So, but with Tamerlan's wife, I mean, one of the things I was reading um, was that she was pregnant when they got married. Yeah, I don't know. I well, well, I mean, it, it is kind of a, I mean, and she was a very, certainly we, we've seen pictures of her. She's a very attractive woman. Um, you know, you would think that she wouldn't have had trouble attracting other men. Um, but, you know, certainly it, it, it's hard to believe, and I, I don't think it is the case, that most of these women have their own uh, belief in the same radical Islam that the men who they're with believe in it, it really doesn't have to do with that. It's, and it's just like also the, the girls, like the three girls who went to Turkey, I yeah. mean, who, well, who went to were on their way to Syria, and then there were other girls from Colorado who, you know, went to join jihadists in the Middle East. Um, it's, it's basically, and, and it's such a sad, this is a whole subset of people who are getting radicalized. It's not really that they get radicalized in terms of the belief. Well, some of them do to some degree. But mostly it's because, <laughs> it's mostly because they get attracted to or get the attention of um, men that they're not getting from their fathers, from other boyfriends, and so on. Well,
0: um... What's wrong with Western men, for crying out loud, right? That's, that's the truth in that.
2: It's not that there's anything wrong with American men. It's just that, well, I mean, you know, the bad boys, the guys who cheat. and I, I mean, it's just that there's a lot of competition for these uh, American men and, and men. And then also, of course, a lot of American men complain nice guys finish last. I mean, you know, that, that they would be willing to be, a, to, to be with some of these women, but that... Um, You know, that, that their women aren't attracted to them because they're, uh, they're not bad boys. So it's a whole other, you know, it's a whole relationship Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, my other book, Bad Girls, (laughs) kind of goes into all of that. But, um, but it's, 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 it's a whole separate issue, but it's a, it's a growing portion of the people who are becoming swept up in this, um, you know, in this, uh, sort of radicalization or radicalization by, by um, proxy or, you know, this whole problem that we're having.
0: I know that it's much more difficult, uh, it's much easier for jihadis to hide when, they, when, they have, when they're married. Because yes. when you see a man and a woman walking down the street, you, somehow automatically you think he's, le- he's less dangerous. Yes. Right? If he's with a woman, and, if, and especially if there's a baby, yes. but even if not... He's less dangerous, and um I think that's one of the reasons why that's why they they do have
2: they yes and also especially women. if it's an American woman you know that it seems more that he even right. seems less especially less dangerous
0: right that's right that's right so
2: so um but where do you know one of the, I, I was watching videos of you, and one of the things that was the most um touching I guess. Um you were asked at the end of this program that they did um you were asked how did you feel when you heard about the Boston bombing and you said and and you were you were struggling not to break down you said I failed tell me about that
0: Yeah I argued that I shouldn't they shouldn't leave that in there cuz I looked uh, very too emotional but I um we I think it was
2: very powerful though
0: Yeah well, see, you're a woman. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, we, we tried so hard. We did everything that we could. Um, we risked our lives in ways that I can't even tell you. Um, we, uh, we fought internal civil wars in the Jewish community with people who didn't want us to get involved, and we were criticized and attacked, and we, we met with the FBI. We met with the police. We met with Homeland Security. We met with um, politicians, um, and clergy, and we show them the data, and the and the data don't matter because it's all in the narrative. It doesn't matter what the facts are if you're committed to this belief that it's only a few people. And if you, I mean, I've had people write to me that. If I even had the thoughts that you have, I'd be a racist. I, what huh. has this got to do with anything, you know? Huh. They don't want them... It's 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 a sickness. As we went, go back to political correctness, and by the way, um, all of us and all of our children now are steeped in politically correct thought. And, uh, you know, there is no truth. There are only different narratives. It doesn't matter which narrative is fact-based or not. Um, we live on undeserved wealth. Uh, we're too powerful a country, and the problem is to lessen our power and increase the power of the people who don't have it. All people believe that in ways that you—it's it, astonishing—and so their minds are trapped. And when you show them data that says you, Mayor Menino is giving land away in the center of the city to people who. Are on film saying kill every Jew on the planet Christianity is theological filth beat your wife gays push gays off roofs I mean you can well we did for 10 years we did so I, you know and then when I thought about the the little boy who died and uh, and the marathon bombing it just uh, you know we, we failed uh
2: huh well <laughs> You know, certainly, um, certainly, he did a lot more than anybody else, and um, and hopefully now, um, with this attention given to the trial, regardless of how it, you know, what 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 uh, sentence he gets, or you know, life or or whether he gets, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to get life or executed?
0: Uh, it's just, I don't know. I have no idea. I just, like, I don't know who's going to win the election in Israel. I, I today. Don't, I don't really know, and uh, I know Boston is the most liberal, maybe the most liberal city on the East Coast, um, and, but at the same time, uh, the testimony of the people, the victims was so searing that, but you never know. Um, yeah, I mean, then of
2: course there's always the risk of making him a martyr if he <coughs> is killed. So I feel sort of ambivalent about the whole thing. But this is an opportunity, of course, for you to be bringing out um, the the information that you have been begun to talk about, which is that you that the FBI and and all these other governmental agencies and so on that did have this information didn't act on it sufficiently or at all. Um, and, and that, of course, brings attention to, these, to the fact that we need to plug up these leaks uh, or holes. These, you know, these holes, these gaps. We need to in change
0: our... the way that we think about it. I, I would ask you to um, have your um, audience just go and, and look at what we've done. Well, on, yes, I was uh, just
2: going to ask yeah. you, what is your website?
0: It's peaceandand, peaceandtolerance.org.
2: Peaceintolerance.org, Yes, and I've been to the website, and there are a lot. There are so many articles. I mean, it's not just about the Boston bombing trial. You have so many. Uh, you're, you're on top of what's going on. Um,
0: and videos too. Interesting videos.
2: Mm-hmm, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Peaceintolerance.org. And um, and so for right now, you are the the main seat of your um, of, of Americans for Peace and Tolerance is in Boston but are you doing some satellite uh, organizations satellite well, we, meetings we
0: are um, we work with people around the country who are doing similar work um, mm-hmm. I work with uh, Bridget Gabriel of Act for America um, I work with there are lots of small organizations yes. in cities who don't know how to do what we do and so mm-hmm. we advise them we were in Nashville we were in Buffalo um, we uh, we we get lots of questions. We can help people um, to the extent that we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And of course, so, you do take donations, and that's on the web page as well.
0: <laughs> we do take donations because you know we can't. I have to pay my staff. Yes. Yes. And uh, we're a five hundred one c three, so we're a registered educational charity, and all uh, donations are tax deductible.
2: Mm hmm. Well, I hope um, I really do want to encourage all of you listening to go to the website. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff. It gets updated very, very frequently. Um, a lot of new stuff, and um, of course you'll be you'll be continuing to put things up as the trial goes on too. If there are some right. interesting twists right. and turns. Um, uh, it, what what are you besides the trial or when that 's over what are you is there some particular area that you 're concentrating on or just this the the same area which is letting letting people trying to warn people about what is happening every day um, in America and how dangerous that is
0: yeah i mean that 's that 's mostly listen, I want to break the story about Boston because this is um actually Boston. Um, is an example of what's happening around the country. We know it best here because we're here and we've dug in and we've got those 50 boxes of discovery and we have a lot of experience. But the Muslim Brotherhood is in many, many cities. 80% of the mosques in America, according to congressional testimony, are owned and led by radicals. So this is happening all over. I just happen to know about Boston. And if we think we can break the Boston case here and make it a nationally known story... That will be very helpful for people around the country.
2: Yes, because it's an illustration of, you know, what you knew was going on, and lo and behold, yes, what you feared would happen, happened. I mean, we know, I mean, next to 9-11, um, this was the next biggest uh, attack. And um, and so it, it proves, you know, it's proof that, in fact, uh, all these little soups, these, you know, uh, these things that are being stirred in mosques all over America actually do have uh, endings like this. And, and, of course, as you said, that there are lots of other people from that same mosque that have already either are in jail or, or already have done um, one other of kinds. Them,
0: one of them is the, um, the guy who escaped. Um, there, there was a man named Tarek Mahana who's in jail now because he plotted to do a, a machine gun attack on shoppers in a mall here in Attleboro. Right? Yeah. like the Mumbai attack. His partner ran away, and he's now in, thought to be the leader of the ISIS uh, media group, the yes. one who's producing those wonderful videos. Wow. So, wow. Uh, yeah.
2: All so. right. Well, huh? Boston. Boston is a breeding ground, but it's happening in, in your, if you're listening to this, it's happening into your, your backyard too. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Charles Jacobs, President of Americans for Peace and Tolerance. Again, the website is tolerance org. Thank you so much, and thank you. you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.